Female monstrosity inspires terror because it really can end the world. Or our current version of it, anyway. But our world is not the only one. Or the best one. And in fact, the more time I spend with monsters, the more I think its destruction is overdue. Hello and welcome to episode 260 of Under the Cull of MS. Today's your standard Tuesday episode, some comics, some multiple sclerosis, some whatever, whatever I decide. That was a little quote by Sadie Doyle from Dead Blondes and Bad Mothers. Just kind of caught my eye, so... Uh, today for comics, let's see here, we got a pretty decent pile of fun here, so I picked up some random bargain comics this weekend, and just grabbed a few mixed issues that I could get my hands on, so I couldn't put any major order into play, but I did get lucky with some of the storylines, but a couple we're going to talk about today is Frankenstein, Agent of Shade. I have number 10, 12, 13, 14, and 15. And it basically starts out with Frankenstein dealing with, like, kind of seeing some love interest and stuff like that going on. And all of a sudden, these giant, I'd say about four foot, five foot long bug type characters attack Frankenstein and the Shade home base. And Frankie has to set out to try and deal with some entities that are basically trying to take over the world as usual, uh, destroy everything. And Frankie and some of the gang are going off to deal with it. And they got to constantly deal with these this infestation of these bug creatures that are all over the place. And then he has to go searching for this Saint, Satan's ring. Uh... There's basically three entities that, in different places around the world, that have parts for Victor, Victor Von Frankenstein or whatever. I can't think. I'm not sure if he has a name beyond Victor Frankenstein. Uh, but he had had the machine that basically made Frankenstein uh, and allowed him to give Frankie life. Uh, the machine's name's lost to me at the moment, but uh, there's three giant protector-type entities that are saving, that are hiding these pieces 
which Frankie and some of the other Shade members have to find these things and get this put together to help save the world from Victor trying to destroy everything. And when they find these things, they know there's protectors around them. They just happen to be like these pretty big, wicked creatures that they got to deal with to find these parts and stuff. And one creature is so big that it has a bunch of people living in it. <laughs> it apparently devoured or killed or took powers from because it sounds like they were all some sort of shade members at one time. And then we get to see Frankie dealing with them. And it's just, we lose some good characters throughout this. I don't know overall what's going to happen. I'm sure typical storylines. It's like I said, I just grabbed what I've seen in the boxes. I didn't spend a, I should have sat there for like two hours going through all the boxes. But instead, I just grabbed what I could within about a half hour time, whatever I could just thumb through the boxes and find. So those are the only issues I've seen. I got most of that storyline. But there are a couple parts missing that I want to find out more of. But like many things, characters... A lot of characters come back to life every time something happens. So I'm not basing anything on that. So hopefully, because there was one character I really liked that we lose in here. But we'll have to see what happens when I get the rest of the comics. Then next, the other one I'm going to talk about today that was from the bargain bin was the unbelievable Unbelievable Gwenpool. Uh, I reviewed a couple of these on Crimson Color Comic Club on Saturday. And then I got the rest of them here. I got issue 16, 17, 18, 19, and 21. So. If you caught my other review, it talks about how much I enjoyed where this was going and everything. But then these jump into the storyline where Gwenpool's brother hunted her down, somehow got into her comic book world and dragged her back to the real world. And she's like not wanting to be there. She wants to go. She knows there's something amiss and uh, she can... She kind of gets like little flashbacks and little things happening to try and get her memory back, but she pretty much lost her memory of what she, of when she was Gwenpool when he brought her back to the normal world. So you see her trying to deal with the regular life and try and fix things, figure out what's going on, and she starts playing around and actually gets injured at one point that puts her in a hospital because of giant <laughs> she was trying to touch a word balloon and a thought balloon or whatever you want to call it it's not the words coming from her mouth it's always the higher up thought 
balloons. So she just kept thinking and thinking and thinking until it got so big that it pushed her out her bedroom window and the, and the parents think that she tried to commit suicide. And so all that stuff happens to come into play. But yeah, she has to try and find a way back to her regular Gwenpool lifestyle. And when she does, she finds out that there's some characters really mad at her. Uh, because of some things that she happened to have done that affected their life quite a bit. And we see like an older Miles Morales, uh, the terrible eye and Sorcerer Supreme and Doombot are the first ones that confront her and her brother and we get to see why they're mad and what's going on with all that. And then we find out what they're trying to do. And it's just, it's, it's, I love Gwenpool. I I just love this, this character, the way they did it, the storyline. I really like what happens. We get, a little bit more of her uh, ghost buddy, Cecil, I believe it is, that I talked to talked about in the Crimson Color Comic Club ones that I reviewed. But we get to see some stuff with him in here again. And we get to deal with a character called Paste Pot Pete, which is a guy with a pot of paste walking around. Not a really good <laughs> uh, bad guy, but yeah, you get to see things he does and uh, the fun that they have dealing with it. But yeah, Grenfell's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying everything I've read of hers so far. So looking forward to that, to more of that in the future. And then we checked out. Oh, this is something I had here. Uh, Nine issues of Wildcore. Apparently, this is part of the Wildstorm clan, clash, whatever. This is from Image Comics. And in here, we get to... Oh, we get to deal with some... Characters like Backlash, uh, I don't know if I really want to get into all their abilities and background and stuff, but Backlash is a character I'm really enjoying uh, after reading this. I, I, ha- I have a bunch of Backlash comics that I've never read, so I'm looking forward to reading those now. Mainly the top guys, the Colonel. Colonel Mark Slayton. Uh, and sounds like these characters crossed over with Stormwatch too. Also, as far as other different types of characters in here, we have Taboo, which is Mark Slayton's partner and lover. Uh, they work out decent together. Not a lot of conflict which would have pushed me away from this, but I liked pretty much how this group worked together. 
Now we have Zealot, which I have more comics that I know are based around her also. Uh, let's see. She worked with the Wildcats. She's the founder and former leader of the Coda Assassins. She's an assassin. Then we have Furion, one of the first Carib- Carib- Caribim to colonize Earth. It's like there's two factions, the Caribbean and one other faction, which is left my brain right now, but those two uh, entities have been clashing for years, apparently. So we see a lot of conflict between them, those uh, two types of societies throughout this also. She's also... She's a Carabin, Carabin Lord, as well as Backlash's father. What? Oh, Sultan, who she served as chief chief advisor for, was okay. That was Backlash's father. So that's gonna. That, I I don't read these character synopsis like I do. I I leave that till I review this stuff and now that I'm looking at it it's like because there is a lot of family environment in this Uh, we have Vigor which is a paleontologist or used to be he was a caretaker for some Farian's estate which I'm sure is some rich organization that's was part of something with all these clans and groups. And he's a bodyguard. Uh, I think he's also the one that's dating Backlash's daughter. Asterion <laughs> is... She's a wild core recruit. Uh... Ability to control the power of the wind. Oh, it's a him. I thought this was a her. <laughs> so this is the problem I have. It's like I, I read this one. And this is a group of characters that I know nothing about. So without knowing them individually, it's hard to really read a group format. So it's like I'm constantly bouncing between these characters and between them in and out of their makeup their <laughs> and of course a lot of cover-ups of their different forms and things in here but we see them dealing with an entity that's some godlike hell-like demon-like character and when they deal with it it's the daemonites is the other clan that always fights with the other ones uh, we have pildra which is the entities female friend <laughs> 
they seem to be together, but also he just basically controls her and has her do his evil bidding. Uh, we get to see, oh, we're in like a Norfolk region where they're dealing with a lot of this fighting going on. One character just happens to be a Blackfoot uh, tribal member. So they focus on areas of uh, lore and stuff around Oregon area, Montana area, that type of uh, background for that character, which was nice because that is I spent a lot of time out that in that area, and that is where the Blackfoot Indian Reservation is. So at least they're using uh, common knowledge, not just putting things out there. Throughout this, we meet a lot of characters, and we lose a couple, and they come across. And the beginning hunt is for this giant behemoth ship structure that's full of all these uh, this one tribe's members and when this entity comes in that's also looking for this ship uh, they destroy a lot of people along their way and his name is, okay, here it is, Lord Typhon, Typhoon, Typhon. It's Typhon. It's only got one O. And everybody else calls him the Mighty Alpha. And then Zenthru, Sith. And Sith are two. And they basically assistants that just basically do whatever he wants for him. Just always running to, running to collect things or take out certain characters and along the way. But this is very interesting introdu introduction to this group. I don't think this is an ongoing group. I think these are just from the different wilds, wild storm and stuff like that. Uh, organizations and this was just a one one time getting get together thing but i don't know how long it went either i haven't looked into it yet uh how how far ongoing but these daemonites are kind of like aliens from aliens versus predator that type of alien looks a lot like them they have that structural being to them and when lord typhon takes pulls one daemonite from a human form basically a military colonel type character he pulls it out of that character's body and turns this daemonite into like a massively wicked uh, looking um, uh, alien type creature. And it's pretty trippy looking. I liked it. Uh, 
then they turn other characters into armies for them to destroy whatever they can to get get to what they possess. Uh, someone takes control of the ship, and things happen with that, and a group of characters have to hunt them down to try and stop things. I was going to give up on it after, like, issue three, just because I could not keep my mind on who was who, and it was just too much bouncing around, but then the Blackfoot Indian character was the one reason I was sticking with the story at first. Because I like seeing something that's relative to me. I can understand it and kind of feel for that character just because you understand that character more than the other characters. So it's just, it's just easier for me when I have something to reflect on that, that I know that pulls me into that storyline. But while we're going through this, we end up having some more characters like Brawl. He's a former mercenary and basically just like his name, Brawl, is a powerhouse. We have Ailer, who is a human that's evolved by, has been evolved by the female Duran, basically Pildra, the bad girl sidekick of the head entity of the bad guys. And her skin has been encased in a crystalline exoskeleton. We get to meet this group of characters that are all covered with these different skeletons. And we get into this... As we get into the story, we get to learn that there's vampiric forces that are being brought into this. I'll give one little thing like last issue in the Himalayas. The wizard Azram is captured by Tapestry while seeking her aid back at Wildcore headquarters. Branham is trying to discover the nature of Aaliyah's enlightenment. And Jody shocks her dad by dallying with Styrian. She's that's the daughter of Backlash that's running around with one of the other members and causing some problems. But she's eighteen, and he's focusing on that when he should be focusing on the job at hand. But but their plan is discovered, and Majestic must battle the Alpha Diran. Majestic prevails. The Tehran are routed for the for the present, and tranquility ensues, but not for long. And it's just yeah, I kind of like hooked on to most of these characters. I I liked a lot of them, and I liked that it went into the vampiric part of it, so we get to see that those type of things happening. And then they have crossovers where you can, they give you a little bit of wild storm news and you can see which 
issues that you should check out for what and what it's going to bring and let you know storylines that you can link on to if you need to to find out more about these characters and stuff but yeah i like i like what happened with the vampires i liked what happened with the alien type creatures and it's kind of funny because this is done by image comics and stuff but you do see advertisements for Wildcats aliens and Wild Storm crossovers and aliens crossovers and stuff. So, yeah, it was a big influence, obviously, on some of these characters. And we get the. Deal with a lot of different. I mean, it seems like every few issues we are introduced to a variety of more characters, and we do go back in time with a little storyline where basically minds are played with and things are changed and people got to figure out it's basically the spells are messing with everybody. But... See, we have any other names? Aaliyah, yeah, we dealt with Aaliyah. It's just a lot of fighting, a lot of, and I don't mean fighting, arguing, I mean fighting between different factions, and a lot of sorcery tricks and mind games and things like that. And a lot of things happen. A lot of characters change, and it was a good story. It did have me questioning whether or not to stick with it, but then I did, and I was glad I did. But then I was bummed when I got to the end, and I was hoping it was just this nine-issue run, but apparently not. So I don't know how many more it's going on, and I'll have to figure that out. We'll see. Now we're going to end this portion with a little shout out to someone who passed away. Jean Hale. She passed away at 82 years of age, natural causes, which she definitely lived a full life. But you may know her from Batman 1966 version, Batman. Uh, she played the accomplice of the Mad Hatter. This is one of the characters I enjoyed. Uh, but it's like, when I see her, I thought she also played one of the Joker's gals, but I couldn't find anything on that. She did, was in a lot of other great things, like in like Flint, Hogan's Heroes, McHale's Navy. The Wild Wild West, Hawaiian Five O, Bonanza, and a ton of other stuff. But yeah, I just figured since she's was in Batman, she's relatable to comics. So I figured I'd give her a mention. So, but she definitely lived a nice full life, and I think there is a biography type thing coming out there if anybody's interested in learning more about her. But that's it for this portion. We're going to end it here. 
Then we'll get back with a little bit of multiple sclerosis health news. I don't reject the choices I've made or the cost. It's not so surprising, I guess. My monster suit always fits better than my regular skin. I was never a guardian or a hero, but a creator and harvester of fear. Or back. That was just the second quote I just had to throw in there because that's by Sean Hamill, a cosm- cosmology of monsters. I just liked it because when he talks about my monster suit, always fitting better than my regular skin, just reminds me of MS. It's just, I felt like I've dealt with it my whole life, and it's like I'm used to that more than anything else. So on days when you do feel a little regular, it's kind of like feeling a little different. So... <laughs> It's just how life is. I like that little quote. That's why I added in. Otherwise, I usually just do something in the beginning. But things have just been catching my eye lately. So, all right, what are we going to talk about today? Let's look at ways that you can reduce or help to reduce MS flares. Hopefully keep things from popping up in the future and happening. Sometimes it's hard to handle a daily routine when living with multiple sclerosis. MS can cause a wide range of symptoms, including fatigue, depression, anxiety, paralysis, blindness, trouble breathing, even simple tasks like chopping vegetables or combing the hair can be discouraging on bad days. When symptoms of MS get worse, they are called flares or exasperations by the medical community. Because of the physical side effects of the disease, people with MS are forced to become some of the most creative and clever individuals around we must come up with new ways to adapt our lives to the challenges to living in our monster suits. It's got to find ways to take precautions and medications from our doctors aren't the only way we can deal with these things. We, uh, there are things we can, do to try and minimize the occurrences of the flares. Uh, keep your stress level down. Stress and anxiety issues are our enemies. They will latch onto us and just pull us down, down, down. So definitely keep as much stress out of your life as possible. Practice mindfulness daily. Mindfulness meditation is wonderful. Great simple way. I mean, you don't have to, you really don't have to go deep into mantras. You don't have to go into listening to meditative events and all that. 
Just find yourself your a comfortable place to sit, lay, stand. You can meditate while you walk. And whatever works for you the best. Just find your your comfort zone. And then close your eyes. Unless you're walking. <laughs> Definitely don't do it when you're driving. Uh, close your eyes if you can. Otherwise, do what you have to. But just keep that mind set on your breathing. Just focus on nothing other than your breathing. And your when your mind wanders, just take it right back to that breathing. I always like to start out with a good three to five deep breaths through the mouth. And then I'll breathe the rest of the way through my nose. And you want to... It's good to also focus on breathing more from your stomach instead of your chest. So you can always lay one hand on your chest and one hand on your stomach and just feel how you're breathing, where your breaths are being pulled from. Um, and then focus on your breathing. And if you want, build yourself a happy place. Have yourself a nice little place that you can just mentally think about and go to while you're meditating. And just, if you're outside and it's your happy place is an environment around nature, it's nice if you can hear those extra sounds of nature in the background. That can also help calm your mind and settle you into a nice little happy place but i like to go to a happy place and think about it and just focus on that focus on nothing else every time your mind wanders just go right back to your happy place or just focus on breathing or many people do enjoy a mantra just um a word that you thinking of like calm or calming or just relax or whatever words you want to use but a lot of people and if you get into a I think it's transcendental meditation uh, they get more into I guess you start out by choosing a phrase or a word and that's locked on to you for the rest of eternity, I guess. You can't change it or something. I don't know. I haven't read or followed up on those deeply. I prefer just doing my own mindfulness style. Just finding that happy place or focusing on my breathing. Or if I'm in a lot of pain, I'll focus more on the breathing part and just kind of like go over every point of my body and imagine like a nice powerful cleansing aura around your body and every time you breathe in you're just absorbing that down to i like to go from my feet my toes my ankle the top of my feet and just work my way all the way up my body my thighs my knees my calves or calves knees thighs hips and just work your way all the way up stomach groin spine all the way up to your brain and your lungs your heart and if there's any specific areas that are in pain at that moment then i'll 
go over those areas multiple times and just focus on like you're breathing in that good aura right to those points. And then you're breathing out the dark, bad juju every time you breathe out. So you're releasing the bad and inhaling the good. You can include mantras with it or whatever. Whatever makes it best for you. Don't listen to other people and follow just what they say. you got to build your life around you. Be you. It's you that matters. I focus big time on this. It's like I'm working on cleaning out my system and starting anew with many different things. And so far, I'm very happy with what I've done since I started the Maven Clad. And I got a long ways to go because as far as pain and fatigue, I ain't having, having no luck with that. Uh being back on my uh, <laughs> oh no, MCT oil and doing some of my other CBDs and edibles and uh, my pain patch and all that. I'm not getting hit as hard with the fatigue now until about 3 o'clock or so I can get myself in a mobile mode and get going for the day for a few hours better now than I was a week ago, but the pain and fatigue still there. I'm just able to get around with it more. And that's, that's a good thing. (laughs) It's always a good thing when you can just even get a little bit, but, Uh, viral infections are things you want to stay away from. They can set off MS flares. A lot of times things like a urinary tract infection, colds, uh, yeah, flu season, influenza, yeah, vaccines out there right now for the COVID and everything. And keep your body strong, wash your hands, get enough rest, don't smoke, avoid others who are sick if you can, get the flu vaccine every year if you feel you should, I leave it all in everybody's hands, I believe you should be able to make your own choice, but I also believe you should not put others at risk, so if you're going to choose not to do something... Don't be running around when you do feel a little sick or something like that. And then you're just infecting a bunch of other people because you were too stubborn to get something done that other people took precautions for. And now they're going to suffer because you didn't. And you're putting them at risk, which is wrong. It's, I believe you should have a choice, but you should not put people at risk. I believe if you go out and get infected and then go into public where you could risk infecting others. I think that should be treated no differently than if you go out and you buy a weapon and you take that weapon into the public atmosphere and decide to use that weapon every now and then. 
You don't have to point it at someone and pull the trigger. You could be one of those dumbasses that like to shoot a gun straight up in the air and are too stupid to realize that the way gravity works is when something goes up, it must come down. So that bullet could just come right down and go right through a baby stroller or right through a kid's head or through a window and hit somebody or just take out an animal somewhere and a farmer's field or you don't know where that bullet's going. So that's no different than having your cold, walking around, sneezing, coughing, hacking. They had a group of people sitting at a meeting bitching about COVID and masks mandates in schools. And it just so happened that the more unfit families are the ones that are at the podium saying that their kids should have rights and all that to choose what they want to do. Well, number one, a kid should not have a right to a choice until they are at least 16. Uh, They should have to listen to adults to an extent and follow certain rules because they do make bad choices. We know this. And what happened? They show the camera goes to people with the masks on voting for that part of it, having masks and thinking about the rest of the kids in school. And then the camera fans back over. (laughs) You see the relatively unfit person that was just up on the podium sitting there coughing and hacking away back in where they're sitting and they're sitting there with kids and stuff that look like their nose is red and they probably got a cold and it's like really i mean come on there's some point where we got to wake up you're putting people at risk whether you have a weapon or you have a viral infection they're all a weapon in my my opinion so use common sense it's not that hard all this a lot of this is just common sense and they say ms flares tend to happen more in springtime and less in winter i think that's because of heat related flare-ups or many of us our bodies do not like dealing with heat So if you live in a warm climate, but have the means to travel in the spring and summertime by taking a trip to a cooler place, you should take that into consideration, they say. Many of us, since we have a chronic condition, don't have the means to wipe our asses, (laughs) much less travel around and stuff. It's like, it's hard to make a living and live. When you get way more expenses that you don't expect to have to deal with when you're younger or when you're healthier. And then you had, there's a very good like likely chance that you're going to be living on way less income than you were before you got this shit. And now you're living on less money and you have more expense and yeah. I don't know when they talk about all this travel and stuff. It's like, yeah, I can't even go a few hours away to go see my sister. <laughs> so, 
physically or financially because <laughs> physically it's i can't do more than a couple hours in a vehicle without it complete spasticity issues to the point that i'm in tears unable to move ready to scream out and said yeah curled up just in severe freaking pain but then they say find your tribe there's plenty of multiple sclerosis groups facebook groups found you can look in the MS foundations and stuff and find local groups that you can get together with people. Uh, but yeah, it's, I don't know how that's going to really help flare wise other than answering some questions you may have about issues you're having, but there's lots of treatments out there for managing multiple sclerosis Especially with flare-ups, uh, make sure your doctor knows immediately and you get help through your flares. If you have any, the most common treatment is going to be steroids, corticosteroids or whatever they put you on. Uh, I hear a lot of people doing the five-day steroid run. I just haven't really seen a sense of doing it yet, so I haven't. Other than my steroids that came with my medications and stuff, but I don't want to, I know the side effects of long-term steroid use, and I'm trying to avoid as many of those issues as I can. I don't need extra new issues because I'm trying to deal with a past issue until it's to a point where I'm completely bedridden and unable to deal with the pain at all. Because a lot of these times you're on a five-day steroid or whatever rush and you're doing these and it takes a few days for them to kick in and do anything. Well, when I have a flare-up, I can ride it out for a week and deal with it. And so either way, I'm riding it out for a week. One way, I'm stuck in a hospital. One way, I'm stuck at home. So that's why I look at, at it that way. And if you're working still... Yeah, I understand. Get in, get the steroids, get back to work, do what you can. But like I said, long-term steroid use, you're going to pull that button every, probably a couple times a year, I'm guessing, with many people. That button's going to bite you in the ass in the long run, in my opinion. But I'm not a doctor, so talk to your doctor, find out. There's a bunch of medications that can that you can try out for to try and control flares and stuff like that. If you still get flares, no matter what you did, living with a chronic illness will have its ups and downs. So be patient with yourself, hang in there and remember that you will get through it. But like I said, I will try to get through it myself without the steroids or whatever, as long as I can. But I have spent trips to the emergency room, to hospitals, to my doctors to get nothing, no type of help from it in the long run or very little help and just a lot of bills. A lot of bills and more drugs they want to put me on, but. I like playing around with the naturals. 
CBDs, THC, all that stuff. Uh, cannabidiol is a popular natural remedy used for common ailments. We have cannabinoid receptors in our body. It's Our bodies make it. It's natural for us. It's helpful for us. In my opinion, check with your doctors. But CBD is one of over 100 chemical compounds known as cannabinoids are found in the cannabis or marijuana plant, the cannabis sativa. Tetrocannabinol is the main psychoactive THC cannabinoid found in cannabis and causes the sensation of getting high. That's often associated with marijuana. But you can get CBDs that are not non-psychoactive, even the full spectrums, which are more recommended, that have 0.03% THC. In my opinion, help with the activation in our bodies and help with the activator cannabinoid receptors and stuff. But I recommend them. I like them. I use the ointments for my knees, my feet, my back. I just rub them in, and it helps with some of the pain. There's a lot of them that don't, and you got to play around the different companies and find the ones that work for you. Like everything, make it you. It's about you. Let's get you figured out. That's the main thing. But... Marijuana has been used to treat pain as far back as we know as 2900 BC. That's a long freaking time to have treatment and zero accounts of anybody ever dying. But it's still classified as a class one drug in most states in the United States. (laughs) Can you believe that shit? Uh, Our world. Let's let morons run it and let them get rich and not give a shit about anybody else. And basically leaves us little guys taking up space in prisons and stuff like that for little and nothing. For a plant that never did anything but good. Uh, Scientists Discovered that certain components of marijuana, including CBD, are responsible for its pain relieving effects. Uh, We have a specialized system in our bodies called the endocannabinoid system, which is involved in regulating a variety of functions, including sleep, appetite, pain, and immune system response. Uh, Our our bodies produce endocannabinoids, which are neurotransmitters that bind to cannabinoid receptors in our nervous system. CBD may help reduce chronic pain by impacting endocannabinoid receptor activity, reducing inflammation, and interacting with neurotransmitters. Uh, In one study, rats found that In rats, they found that CBD injections reduced pain response to surgical incision. And it's pretty, pretty damn impressive. So I've been playing around more with my surgical things with my teeth and stuff, going less with 
numbers and stuff like that and just let me feel what the surgery actually feels like and I'll, I can take an edible beforehand to see if that helps next time. Uh, several human studies found that the combination of CBD and THC is a, in fact, effective in treating pain, including pains related to MS, multiple sclerosis, and arthritis. There's an oral spray called Sativex, which is a combination of THC and CBD. It's approved in several countries to treat pain-related multiple sclerosis. I know Canada has it. I've been talking about it. We were supposed to have it as of 2021 in the United States, but no. I wonder why. Might be because we got some dumbasses running the country, and we can't do shit about it. It's way too late. We've let it go, go on for way too long. But uh, participants in a study with Sativex found improvements in pain, walking, muscle spasms, and more. Uh, Basically, CBD, especially in combination with THC, may be effective in reducing pain associated with diseases like multiple sclerosis and rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, it can reduce anxiety and depression in both they've found that in both human and animal studies it can alleviate cancer related symptoms it's been shown to help reduce symptoms related to cancer and cancer treatment and may even have cancer fighting properties more research is needed to assess its efficacy and safety like I said, I've been recently introduced to Rick Simpson oil, and I got a new new trial of it uh, direct from a medical dispensary. So this is something I'm going to be playing with over the next week or so, probably the next two weeks, in two weeks yet, because I still got other things I'm gradually introducing before I want to get into the deeper items so i'm looking forward to that uh but my experience with the with it in the past has been very promising uh this is a new one for me it's uh cbds can have has beneficial effects on reducing acne due to its anti-inflammatory qualities and its ability to control the overproduction of sebum from sebaceous glands so that's interesting i've never heard that one before Uh, i can have neuroprotective properties it's been shown to ease symptoms related to epilepsy and parkinson's disease cbd was also shown to reduce the progression of alzheimer's disease in test tube in animal studies i know i've been playing around with a little bit with my mother with her dementia. I've also got some direct CBD powders that I can use for cooking that I'm going to try out in the next week. It's just pure powdered CBDs. Uh, can benefit 
heart health in several ways, including reducing blood pressure and preventing heart damage. And if you've ever heard the story, which has been told a bazillion times by Kevin Smith, person <laughs> I enjoy his works and stuff. He's my age, and he had the Widowmaker that kills a large majority of people, heart attack wise. But yeah, he smoked up before he had his. And the doctor told him it basically probably saved his life because it kept him at a calmer state of being. So, uh, other potential benefits can include antipsychotic effects, substance abuse treatment. Uh, oh, it's been used to reduce morphine dependency and heroin seeking behavior. Everybody smoke a joint and then that's now you're hooked on heroin <laughs> and cocaine. Uh, Anti tumor effects, diabetes prevention, uh, side effects you may have diarrhea, changes in appetite and weight, and fatigue. But yeah, it's positive, it's good for us, it hasn't killed anybody, it's been around for a long, long time. But, yep, that's it for today. We're running out of time. Be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Keep that monster locked away. Check out Crimson Color Comic Club. Check out Under the Color. Keep following Under the Color of MS. Rate, review, questions, comments, anything. Get it to us. Kevin the Duckpool at gmail.com. Take care. Talk to you again soon.